It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to Inside Sources. Uh, this is Amy Donaldson. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm I'm not. I'm clearly not Boyd Matheson. I have no idea what I'm doing here. Um, but uh, welcome to Inside Sources. Uh, this is Amy Donaldson, and I'm joined today by. One of my my former colleagues, <laughs> Steve Hand, Representative Steve Handy. Yeah, how are you doing, Amy? It's so good to see you. I haven't seen you for a number of years. I, uh, you and I worked together at the Deseret News for a bunch of years, and I've been gone from the Deseret News about eighteen years. Mm-hmm. So when they, uh, I was counting it up. So when they in, invited me to come and and co-host again, which is a couple couple times I did it and said that we were going to do it together, it was I was really looking forward to it. So how have you been? I have been fantastic. And Great. I, while you left the Deseret News, I went to sports. So we both went on these. Uh, <laughs> yeah other journeys and uh, you've been having some fun uh, being a lawmaker on the other side of the of the situation and um right and doing some good work and it's been fun to kind of follow your uh adventures in the well, legislature yeah well thanks a lot you know it's uh, uh i've been in the legislature for 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 nine years now i uh, from Leighton and i i i after i left the desert news i have a, a consulting company and i do marketing for for, for a few counts and uh, and then uh, do this legislative thing and uh, it's been very very interesting and um my wife said, why would they have you on? And I said, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I asked the same face, thing. Face made for radio, um, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, you know, I don't know. People. I, uh, I said they must be desperate to have yeah. a print reporter back in the back yeah. in the studio. Yeah. So, no, yeah. but I'm very excited about this. And I'm excited just to chat uh, this first segment we're just going to talk about. I have been covering the U.N. Civil Society Conference over at the Salt Palace. It's the first time this event has ever been held in the U.S. And um, I just... One of the things that uh, stood out to me as I, I kind of wandered around the first day, uh, I cover, I, I look for one thing to cover each day, but I've talked to a ton of people and I sat in on a few press events, but also just some regular discussions and talked to some people who are over there just sort of getting the word out about what they're doing. Um, and the thing that struck me was how uh, cooperative and optimistic and loving and generous and kind all of these organizations are, and they're telling you what they're doing, but they're also saying, how can we help you? What is your mission? Um, and I, it was just such a shift from, um, you know, I do a political podcast here at KSL called Voices of Reason, and we s- encourage civil dialogue on difficult subjects. And, you know, that's sometimes uh, not, as you know, because you're in politics. Right. It's a really difficult ask. And it's just, it was such a, a shift, and then I came out of the Salt Palace on Monday evening after that amazing day. And uh, the thing I covered on Monday was a, a discussion about, you know, basically transforming people's lives through education. How can you get educational opportunities to every single person who in the world, right? Whether they have access to technology, uh, whether their culture says that they're not somebody who needs to be educated, whatever the obstacle is, how can we how can we 
get join together and figure this out, whether you're a nonprofit or a business or a government agency, all those things. And I was just moved by how resourceful people are, how determined they are. Um, you know, uh, the UVU president, uh, Astrid Jimenez, was talking about taking computer equipment in a boat in Vietnam so people had access to technology. And uh, I just thought it was just a phenomenal experience. I come out, I get on Twitter, and I think, oh, man, <laughs> why can't I just live in the Salt Palace? <laughs> why can't I just – so it was kind of yeah. – it was kind of – Amy, it was just kind of this like, – like this bubble or something. Yeah, of cooperation yeah. and you optimism. Know, and- you know, I, I, I regret that I haven't had time to get involved. I, there were some UN people that came last – about a year ago, and I was involved in – in some some meetings with some of them, some of us were, and kind of telling them about Salt Lake City. We were up at the Huntsman Cancer and trying to – that's easy to wow people when you go up and see what they're doing up there. And uh, and uh, I think it was, you know, some other things, meetings they had that they decided to bring this. And so I had an opportunity – we had – legislators had an opportunity to um, register for that, but I just haven't, haven't had the time. And so I'm really interested in this. And, you know, what, what's the energy like? About 6,000 people here, six 7,000 people. It's, mm-hmm. these, are, these are what we call NGOs, non-government organizations yeah. from all over the world. Yeah, and, and they really are. And some of them are run yeah. by 20-year-olds from Iran. Wow. Uh, I mean, and that's what's phenomenal is these people see a problem in their community. I met a young woman yesterday from Kenya who is uh, – trying to help uh, educate women and girls about uh, genital mutilation. And it was to see her say to us Westerners, how come we can't tell our own stories? How about if you just give us a platform to discuss things with you? Invite us to the table to solve these problems. We want to solve our own problems. We just want you to listen to us. And I just, I thought as a journalist, like I don't do enough time, enough listening to people who aren't off the beaten path, right? We get in our habits and we have our favorite sources and, you know, talking to people who are in power is really easy. Yeah, cause, and you have a deadline and you got to get this done. Yeah. yeah, and so, but I, I it was a real uh, refocus for me because I thought, you know, there actually are a lot of, you hear so much about nothing's getting done and everybody's at war and we're all so polarized. Actually, I think that's not so true after my two days in the Salt Palace talking to, I mean, mostly women. The thing that's phenomenal is, the number of them, it, and and there are a lot of you know really forward thinking men there too. But the whole idea um, is to figure out how can you help one another. I covered a, a you know empowering women and girls through uh, partnerships, you know public private partnerships, and um, and uh, the panel didn't show up, and so I'm thinking, well, got to find something else to write about. Mm-hmm. And then one of the women stands up after talking to a gentleman who's a part-time journalist from Pakistan. And she says, hey, we're just going to um, let you come up to the microphone and say who you o- represent, what does your organization do uh, in, out there in the world, and is there anything you need? And so maybe we can make some connections here. Maybe we can make s- some changes, uh, some alliances. And it was one of the most uplifting hour-and-a-half sessions of anything I've ever been to. Because it was people saying, here's the issue, here's what I would need from the world, and people saying, oh, I have that, or I know how to get that. It was just it was phenomenal. Isn't that remarkable? You know, we as human beings, if we, if we will work together and we'll, and we'll listen, because we do, do, we do far more talking than, than we ought to. We, we, we have a habit yeah. we, we, that we talk past people. Mm-hmm. We try to persuade them. We try to persuade them. We talk past people. You know, when you see that playing a little bit around in politics, but mm-hmm. if you'll do a lot more listening than 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 talking, I I think that is so refreshing. Mm-hmm. 
so refreshing. I'm it looking, was. But you, you, you got some stories coming out? We, I, I had a story in today's paper. In today. And uh, yes, uh, if you want to go I'll to check my, it out. my Twitter feed, AD okay. on Sports, uh, so I'm still you doing in the sports universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was... Um, there's so many things that were of interest there, and I encourage people to. I'm actually going to go online and add in a list of all these um, organizations that were there and um, and the resources they offer. And we're going to have um, one of them, one of the women who sort of organized this impromptu panel discussion. Uh, she's going to. They're going to come in and talk about um, just some educational opportunities. And one of the things that has really hit home for me is this idea that um, what we take for granted, uh, you know clean water, um, being able to eat healthy food, um, living without fear of physical danger. Those are things that um, we, other people need help solving. And rather than run in and rescue people from something that we don't understand, listen to them and, and hear what they need and then try to help them feel that need. They don't need us to come there and build them a house that we would live in. They need us to listen to what it is they need to make their lives safer and healthier and more productive. You know, what you're kind of expressing to me is kind of a, this is a paradigm shift, I think, from mm-hmm. the way that we typically think of things. Here we are, this wealthy, wealthy country. Yeah, we have a lot of problems, but this wealthy country, we can throw a lot of money at things. We have resources. But that you, you've hit upon something that we ought to think about. There's a different way. What, what mm-hmm. for, let people say, what is it that they, what they need? Yeah. And what respect they that they can solve that. the problem yeah. if we just offer them some, maybe some education or insight. Um, we're going to take Terrific. a break, and when we come back, um, there'll be more of Steve and I and our wisdom. No, just kidding. Um, but uh, we're going to actually bring in um, some guests uh, to discuss Wednesday's Child. We're doing a, uh, a, a give-a-thon, and uh, we'll give you some phone numbers for that when we come back. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.